Hello and welcome to the Art of Semi-Fiction. I am Robin Miller. And I'm Jane Daly. What are we talking about today? Today we are going to continue our discussion that we started um, with tropes, cliches, stereotypes, and archetypes. All bad. Yes. All bad. So on the last one, we defined them. And basically, they're all related. They all have to do with predictable either language, um, simplified images of people or places. places. It's mm-hmm. all predictable stuff. And we want to avoid being predictable. We want fresh and new. Mm-hmm. We want our readers to say, I, I don't know who this person is. I'd like to get to know them. I don't, the story has a compelling aspect that I haven't heard before. I don't know if the butler's going to do it. You know, right. all those things. So after after that talking about all of those those things, tropes and cliches and stereotypes and archetypes. Have you, are you thinking about anything in your own writing? I'm that just is? stressed that you're going to ask me to define them again. <laughs> actually, Jane, would you, that there is a test actually. No, you don't get to define them. We don't have okay, time good. for that. <laughs> if we had time, I'd make you just to see you squirm. Oh, we don't. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through seven ways to basically avoid these problem areas. Um, and the first thing is, if you're writing in a genre, whatever genre that is, okay. learn the tropes for that genre. Okay. So what are they? If you're writing a a mystery, are the tropes for that certain phrases? Are they, you know, the butler did it the kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, are there typical scenes? Are there typical ways that um, the you know, whodunit is, is figured out? Learn them. Mm-hmm. Because... You can't really avoid what you don't know is there. So part of the, how you do that, read a lot in that genre. And if you see, uh, if you begin, if you know a writer, and I, some writers are great at being fresh. And some writers, you're like, oh, I've read two of their books, and I know exactly how this is going to go. <laughs> From the first chapter, I know who did it. I know who's going to be in love. I know that they did it, you know, Colonel Mustard did it with the pipe in the kitchen mm-hmm. because they're so predictable. Right. Then unpack it. Oh, you don't oh, like no, that word? That's a cliche. <laughs> she, she totally doesn't like that word. Now all I can do is think and unpack it all the time. But try to figure out how do you know it? Yeah. How do you know it? it are, is she using an archetype, a totally stereotypical um, character? Is she using a pattern? Is it formulaic? Mm-hmm. Is there a formula? First you meet here, then you do this, then that happens, and then the They end. live happily ever after. Yeah. So so you 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 basically try to... Take apart what you know is stereotypical stuff, cliche tropes, and figure out why and how that's happening, and then avoid it. Well, and that's that's the difference between knowing when you read a good book that that avoids those, and then you read one in the same genre, and you think, what? Yeah, and we've all we've all read that where we I had no idea till the last page what was happening. Yeah, had no idea what was gonna how that was gonna end. Couldn't even fathom it. And it was just delicious. It was delicious, people, mm-hmm. when you have that kind of experience. Well, just like I referenced my sister's keeper. Yeah. That had, I mean, you, the whole time, I'm thinking it's going to end one way. Mm. And the twist, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps because it was, I I was so moved and I cried at the end of this book because it turned out, and I'm not going to do a spoiler, I would encourage you to read it, Amazing. Yeah, and, amazing, and and that's what you want because you want you want engagement. But have we all felt a little cheated when we we're like, I knew it was him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, chapter two, know, I knew it was him. I read, I read chiclet, you know, I don't British chiclet when I just need a break from life. And we know from the very beginning who's going to fall in love with who. So there's that predictability, but it's the, it's the setting, it's the characters, and it's the things that are thrown in their, in their way that make the book what it is. It makes it interesting that keeps yeah. me reading. Cause yeah. I know, I know they're going to get together in the end. Of course they are. That's what the whole thing is about. It's a, it's a romance. But, it, but one of the, one of the things I, I put on here in the, the tropes, like a hunk and a flawless beauty for your love interest. Why that, that to me, yeah, that's been done. That's that all. Yeah, that's what all of Harlequin romances really right. are. And if you know the setting is somewhere where the male has to take off his shirt while he's working, you know, and flexing his muscles and sweats beating off of his, you know, chest. Right. That, that's that's tropey too. Mm-hmm. So you know, what about Iceland for a setting for a romance? You know, yeah, where well, you never get to see what they it, look like. Exactly. I mean, there's there's so many ways if you learn the tropes to avoid them. So mm-hmm. that's the number okay. one. Learn the okay. tropes learn. of your genre then don't do them. All right. Number two is comes off of that, right? Original plots and characters. Now we talked about this a little bit before. Um, so don't write the new, don't say I loved hunger Games so much. I'm going to write, you know, the exact same story basically. Yeah. But with just different titles. Don't write another Mary Poppins, you know, a quirky nanny comes in, saves the day. Mm, no, don't do it. Don't write a prince slaying a dragon to save a princess. Unless can, you, you're not as into musicals because we're so into musicals in my household because I have a little musical theater stud um, as one of my children. Um, have you seen Shrek, the musical? No, I saw the movie, though. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't really fond of the movie. Okay. I mean, it was all right. Eh. But the musical, see it. And okay. it's on, you can, you, I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. It's one, one of those. So you can see the Broadway version of it. So quality cast. That takes a totally stereotypical, cliche, tropey, you know, go get, there's a, there's a maiden in a tower guarded by a dragon. But what's the twist? The hero turns out to be an ogre. Beauty turns out to be whatever makes you love. I mean, how, your, your own in, internal beauty mm-hmm. isn't about flawless skin and mm-hmm. beautiful hair. It's like all these things are twisted in that show. So it took the tropes and just flung him. him on, the prince wasn't him valiant. Him. He was a little turd is what he was. He oh, was yeah. a, he was horrible. So it was just a great way of taking those tropes and turning them on their ear. But if you don't write an original plot, if you say, no, I want the prince to be the valiant one, and I want the girl to be in the tower, and I want there to be a hero, and I want there to be a bad guy, and it, we've seen it, we've heard it, we've done it, and you're going to get people phoning it in. Mm-hmm. You're just if they if they read the whole thing, it, there's not going to be engagement, right? Right. And, you, and you've you've talked about my sister's keeper having a twist. I mean, and and even the, your reaction. I just I I know that people who are listening can't see it, but you immediately went like, oh, that was so great. I mean, your oh, whole body went. Oh that my way. goodness. Well, and just you know, for those of you who haven't read it, it is not a it is not written by a Christian. I, I didn't find anything in there offensive. It was the, but the plot was so, so, I mean, who, who has a baby for their, who gets a baby who's genetically programmed to be the perfect match for kidney for their other daughter? Yeah. I mean, who does that? Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's a complete 
the premise is awesome and there were twists and you didn't expect the story. So you were tracking along with it, yeah. reading every detail. And the more cliche, the more tropes in it, the more stereotypes and archetypes you've got in it, the more we think we know it. So we don't pay as close attention. Right. I mean, hands up who was like, listened to somebody do a review of material in class that you, you knew. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of half listening. You're kind of not right. Right. You've already, you've already got it. It's the same thing for a book. If people think they know the material and know the people and know the setting in the story, they're not gonna they're not right. gonna listen. So they even won't. if you do inject something interesting in it, they're gonna pass They'll it. They'll miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So write original plots and characters. Make characters complex. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to know your characters yep. to really make sure you flesh them out and don't make them a stereotype. Yeah, no two dimensional characters. Yeah. I mean all good guys have bad qualities, all bad guys have good qualities. Right. Don't forget that. And the more flawed your character is, the more relatable they are and the more interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we know, I, I mean, I want to, like, I don't want a middle aged mom of four kids doing everything perfectly. I don't want to follow her story because I'm that and I'm not doing it perfectly. Yeah. You know, that's not fun for me to see all the things I'm not. I want to see somebody, you know, muddling through, mm-hmm. doing the best they can with what they've got and just, you know, that, that's real. That's right. real and, and you're connected to it. Okay. Um, so I put, for examples, no damsel in distress. Oh, I'm yes. so, you know, are we all, over that? We're over that. Yeah. We want the strong women characters. We do not need to see another, somebody waiting for a man to come out and sort out their life. Right. right. And here's one that, again, we don't need another jovial chubby sidekick. You know, we just don't need another one of those. Thank you very much. They've been done. And for comic relief, they're just so cliche. So don't do it. Although if there is a part in a play somewhere for a jovial sidekick, I'd like to You're audition. I'd like okay. to audition. Um, so here's here's another way to avoid all of these tropes and things because in some of these stereotypical writing, you're not going to get, you're not going to see this too much, and that is put your character in a painful, awkward, stretching situation. More than one. Yes. Yes. You cannot stay easily in shallow, predictable waters if your main character is in real excruciating pain, where their real character comes up. Mm-hmm. So it's all well and good to say, you know, we were talking about on another podcast about jealousy. Well, I know a lot of scriptures about that, so I'm not going to deal with that issue. And then somebody, right. <laughs> something happens, and you're like, green-eyed so monster. Jealous. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's it, when you're tested is when the truth of your beliefs and your character comes out. So. If they're just, you know, I shall go save the princess and everything's fine. Wait, whoa, there's a dragon, you know, what? But put it an interesting dragon. Put something. Well, and you also want to keep throwing these, throwing things at your main character. Yeah. Because it heightens the tension, which we've talked about before. Yeah. And you get, you just get to see, you will not get to see a character's true character unless they are tested in some Mm -hmm. way. And then when you when they are, don't make them be perfect. Don't yeah. make them just in one, you know, pick up a sword they've never picked up before and fight an army and be, you know, kill everybody in battle because they've never held a sword before. Right. That's just unrealistic. So, again, make them fall. Make they them sometimes be, make bad decisions. They need to get wounded. They do a little bit. All right. Here's another way to avoid a trope. Use your own his- backstory. Mm. So, if you look at, at your life mm-hmm. and... Not necessarily all your best points, but if you had to kind of do a timeline of 
the most important things. So okay. the losses, the successes, the, you know, betrayal, the job promotion, you know, like good and bad things. Did, did it go into like a typical linear, you know, everything just went. Well, I thought it was supposed to and it didn't. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> you know, it just, it, our lives go like this and you end up you lived i still can't believe i think she lied to me i want proof i want i want records that you lived in montana i think that just cracks me up she has no body fat first of all and it's like negative four thousand degrees why do you think <laughs> i i stayed inside by the wood stove like this? And even the fact that you're saying wood stove just cracks me up because i well, just okay it was a pellet stove but even so wood i don't know it just cracks me up but the fact i, I didn't fill the pellet but, stove but, but, <laughs> i wouldn't imagine because your nails would have Anyway, anyway, that's that we're digressing. Yeah. But the point is, is I would have never, ever. And would you have in your childhood said, I expect my life to go to the point where I'm going to be pastoring, you know, with my husband's going to be pastoring a church in Montana and I'm a, going to a be a town of 400, town of 400 people. people. Yeah. No, no. no. So that happened. And it, and it was a, it was a very important part of your life mm-hmm. and time in your life. And the same thing. I did not plan on marrying somebody from another country. I didn't plan on living in another country for about 10 years of my life. I, you know, I was looking for a quiet, just safe little white picket fence, get there, stay there forever. That's what my thought was. Cause my childhood was so chaotic. I thought I could just get out of college, get the job, have the 2.3 kids, the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Didn't turn out. God's that. having a laugh with my life. I, I, I no longer say, this is what I, where I see myself in five or 10 years. I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. holding on for today. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. So use your own story. Mm-hmm. The the twists and turns in your own story and how they happen, they're not tropey, right? They're right. not stereotypical. Right. They're, they're the, the interesting. The city girl who loves sidewalks going yeah. to a town of 450 where there is no th- such thing as a sidewalk. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, the comical thing now is I'm going to be moving to a suburb. I haven't lived in civilization in like almost 20 years now. I don't know if I need to, I, we keep joking. Do I need to learn how to do a messy bun, get some yoga pants, mm-hmm. get a minivan? I think you need a minivan. I'm like, I don't even know how to live in civilization. I go down to my Costco you need or lawn, whatever, you need a come back mower. up to the mountain. You need a lawnmower. I don't even know what one of those is. So the deer are my lawnmower at the moment. So, but, but that's a twist in yeah. my life that I'm excited about because it's an adventure and we're doing it for a, a purpose, but I wouldn't have ever predicted it. Well, so, um, if you think about the movie Overboard, and it's it's mm. been it it you know I don't know if you saw that there was also a sequel kind of thing where it was a totally flipped, where you know in the first one the woman falls overboard, she's the high society person, and has amnesia, and her she moves in with this guy says oh you're my wife and she's they've got these kids and uh-huh. she has no idea so that's flipping that that kind of thing on, on, on its ear, instead of being the socialite on the yacht, she's now trying to feed two kids or three or whatever it was and yeah. do laundry and cook. And I mean, see, that's, that's see, flipping something, you know, taking someone out of their comfort area and putting yeah. them in a totally different. And, and sometimes just calling your own, your own history. That's what that one was. You know, use your own history as a basis for part of the story. How, if if stories are linear and too smooth and there's not a lot of obstacles, it's boring. Mm-hmm. It's boring if they just if the prince just comes in, offs the head of the dragon, gets the girl. It's not a story. It's a tweet with 140 characters, exactly, which I never used to remember. All right, so number six in those list of seven is cliche settings, plots, and characters 
lead to cliche writing. Mm. It is super hard to avoid your language, your cadence, the structure of your story to, to not be cliche and predictable if almost all of your ingredients are cliche and predictable. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to write if you know that your main character is the cliched prince and he's valiant and he's got a steed and all the things, you can't have him go play a poker game, right? You're not going to have somebody walk into his, his life going, you know, you were the love of my life once and I rejected you, but I want, I'm, I'm back now to see if you want to marry me. It was like, those things just don't happen. Mm-hmm. You, when you have a cliche already, a trope in mind for your genre and you've got an archetype for your character and you, it's just hard not to write cliche writing. So make yourself, make it easier for you to write, give yourself room to breathe instead of fighting against what you know about a character or a plot or a place, do something a little different and you'll have room to write creatively and interestingly. That it? Yeah. Well, it would be like um, if you put somebody say from Britain in your novel that they always have to be very straight laced and, um, and kind of, you know, tightly wound. Whereas I'm sure that there's a lots of people who are from Britain who are yeah. funny and jolly and yeah. exactly you know, just, and not reserved. Most of them are. To be, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, that, that is so was unfair. A really bad example. That was unfair. That was a. That was. They're so awesome, British people. I'm married to one of them. I know. But his family is a lot of stereotypes, right? All in there. It is yeah. kind of interesting. It is interesting. Stereotypes have a basis in truth for some people, but they're not. It's just. It's. It's not ever across all and, everything. And you don't want to write with a stereotype. You don't. You don't. All right. So just try to avoid starting with those cliche plots, those tropes, and those archetypes. And then the rest of your writing will have a chance to be original. And we want that. All right. The last one for today, and then we're going to do a part three on this. So we'll have seven more. The last one for today is combine cliches and archetypes to form a new kind of plot or a character. That sounds interesting. I read somewhere, because we've talked about the Hunger... It's funny, like... Like I, I never read the Hunger Games books, but again, like I said, <laughs> I can bring it. In I up. listened to the movie. I didn't watch the movie, but I listened to it with my eyes closed, it, out of love for my teenage daughter at the time. Um, but I hear that she got the idea for that book when she was flipping through channels, and she was seeing two things. One of which was war, and one was I think I think something utopian. Now I can't remember what the two things were, but she thought, what if those went together? And that's how her plot happened wow and of course it was wildly popular and made into books i mean made into movies and things so hugely unique concept that really wasn't that i mean it's one of those things that it's not that complex but it was just a new take on it Mm -hmm. and because of that it was interesting and that's where it's important when you're writing to ask the question what if so what Mm. if there was a world where people had to fight for their food or yeah. there was a hierarchy and only certain people got to eat. Yeah. I how mean, would that, how would that play out? That so, what if is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome It's phrase. good for brainstorming. And if, if, you know, if you struggle with it, you can always brainstorm with, with a friend or with the critique group. Well, and having somebody say there, there was a years ago in one of my writing groups, one of the ladies was writing a story and she was trying to incorporate um, some things that she didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. I had personal experience with them. And so reading to, she would read it and I'd be like, that's 
that's not going to happen. She'd never been pregnant, for example, and mm. she had like a couple days between an, an assault happening to her knowing that she was pregnant and then having survived rape. I knew that then you would not then go with that person willingly and she had him going. So I was kind of like, just from, from a personal experience, that wouldn't be logically what would happen. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't, you wouldn't physically know you're pregnant two days in and, and things. So then you can brainstorm. So what if, okay, but you need, you need to somehow get these two people together in this place. So then you can brainstorm mm-hmm. and you can say, what if this happens? Or what if it's not this person who's committing the assault? What if it's somebody else? And what if she doesn't know? But, this, you know, so, so that what if helps broaden your your perspective on what you've kind of almost like blinder. This mm-hmm. is what my story is going to be. Right. And you can get some fresh eyes on it. And it's, it's important to do that because combining different elements is not just unique and creates something that people haven't seen before. It also gives you the license to explore more of, of your world that you're creating and more of the nuances of your character. So it's, it's, it's opening up your freedom. The, the more you stay away from tropes, stereotypes, archetypes, and cliches, the more you're letting your mind be able to run free mm-hmm. and then create creativity happens. The one example I want to get, and then we're going to, we're going to close this episode um, on the combining cliches and archetypes is, is again, Shrek. The ah. ogre is the hero. Yeah. The ogre is the hero and the beautiful princess. It ends up being an ogre. Right. So when she finds her true love, she's going to be in basically her most beautiful form. And she thinks that means she's going to be, you know, stereotypically beautiful and she actually is an ogre but that's what her true beautiful form is so that's an example of combining tropes and stereotype but twisting it twisting it twisting it so those are example so those are seven ways of avoiding those problems we're going to go through seven more and um hopefully by that time you're never going to use this so that's right you'll be you'll be (laughs) no stereotypes or tropes all right all creative writing Right, you've been listening to The Artist Semi-Fiction. This is Robin Miller. And I'm Jane Daly, and we explore every corner of the written word. Thank you for listening and watching. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and review us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.